Hello and welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast. My name is Laura Rowe, I'm the editor and I'll be your hungry host for this week. This episode we have Janine, Gregor and Anna debating the good, the bad and the downright ugly side of pizza. Who knew there was such a thing? Janine goes to the oldest cheese shop in London, Paxton and Whitfield, to get top cheeseboard tips from manager Hero Hirsch, the best name in the business. And Charlotte and I dream of igloo suppers, spetzel and schnapps with our favourite foodie ski trips. First up, here's Janine, Gregor and Anna. So this week in the studio, we've got Gregor. Hello, Gregor. Hi, Janine. And Anna. Hi, Hi Anna. Um, and we're going to talk about pizza. Um, we've noticed that there's a huge amount of these kind of American huge slice pizza joints are opening across London. Mm-hmm. And it got us starting to think about what kind of pizzas we like, what we like, what we don't like, the bases, the toppings, the the do's and don'ts. So, um, so yeah, Anna, you're a big fan of this kind of American style, aren't you? I am. My favourite pizza comes from Joe's uh, Pizzeria in New York, and it's a dollar a slice. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty epic, and it's all about folding it. It's so big. It's bigger that, than my head. Is that a kind of hole-in-the-wall type yeah, place? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they've got loads of pictures of famous people that have uh, visited on the walls. And, um, yeah, you just basically stand up and grab a slice and, and go. It's great. So you can't sit down and eat it? Nope. Okay. And what? tell us about the structure of it. So it's quite floppy, as in the... It is, but you have to do the folding technique, and it just comes on a on a paper, paper nap. plate. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, and it's bigger than the plate. <laughs> and what kind of toppings would you get? So they do... Their pizzas are absolutely huge. I mean, like, maybe the spans of a normal person's arms, like, they're yeah. huge. And they just keep churning out just margaritas and pepperoni pizza, just really, really plain and simple. So it's really simple. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we, we were reading about, um, in fact, Jordan, our, um, one of our um, digital assistants, she went to Home Slice, which has just opened, and they do 20-inch pizzas. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's exactly the same yeah. idea, isn't it? You could you could buy one between you or you can just buy a buy a slice. I think you're a bit more, you're looking at me with your purest face. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, tr- the truth of it is, yeah. the truth of it is that I eat quite a lot of American pizzas too. Oh, okay. But. When you um, say American pizza, what, what you mean at home? Well, no, out? no, I don't. Okay. I, 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 I don't eat them at home. At home, I'm fairly Italian purist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, but um, out, I like go to Voodoo Ray's quite often. Oh, Voodoo Ray's is uh, good. It's really lovely. And yeah. they're, they're American style as yeah. well. Um, but sort of very modern American style. So uh, you, you get sort of really lovely pizzas like chopped meatball or things like that. Yeah. And and uh, very similar to... But you can new, get you get a big one there, don't you? You like do. A... You get big ones, but you buy it by the slice. Right. You okay. can buy it all, but you yeah. buy it by the slice okay. in general. I, you, I find that two, probably three is enough to keep me going between meals. <laughs> um, but it's, but it's absolutely... Yeah, it's lovely stuff. But... Um, at the same time, I've got to be honest, I prefer proper Italian pizza, mm. really. Proper margarita pizza is, is you know, unsurpassable, really. Um, but but I, I also um, like marinara pizza. Really, really beautiful. I cheat a bit at home because I tend to put mozzarella on as well as anchovy and... and uh, which what, you, for your which, marinara? Yeah, yeah, which you're not supposed to do if you're okay. being properly purist. God, I don't even know the rules of marinara. So, so marinara, <laughs> so, so there are only two real pizzas. Okay. Oh, this is the Naples te- thing, isn't be, it? Yeah. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Neapolitan pizza. Yeah. You're only, yeah. There are only two okay. real ones, apparently. Right. I could be talking about it, but I think <laughs> and that is, and that's margarita pizza and marinara yep. pizza. Ah. Okay. 
And um, so even ones that are quite quite famous now, for instance, the Fiorentina pizza, which mm. is the spinach with the egg in the middle. The egg, yeah. That's not real. That's not real because that because what that is is a tart from northern Italy. Okay. So it's a Fiorentina tart, but they, but it works really beautifully on pizza, of course. Mm. However, um, but yeah, in general, I like I love anchovies, capers, things like that. Yeah, that real like a little salty it's, hit. Uh, but I like it nice and thin, done with um, zero zero flour. Yeah. Yeah. Or double zero flour, and however you are supposed to mm. say it, and also. Um, with with using semolina to roll it out. Yeah, yeah. So you get that little crunchy bit. Yeah, on the you bottom. get the extra crunch. And a pizza stone in 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 the oven I always use because it sort of that's to mimic like what it's like to put it in a bread bread oven. So you keep it, get it nice and yeah. hot first. Because that is the main. That's the hardest thing I think about doing pizza at home is actually mm. getting. Mm. Whenever I do it, I just whack the temperature up to whatever the oven mm. will go up to, and then mm. hope exactly for the best. That. But yeah. you could, we can't mimic the the temperatures that they get up to. I no, mean, that's why they cook not. in like three minutes or something because it's exactly it's yeah. super fiery, roaring hot yeah. um, on brick or stone. But then the, the stone, if you leave it in there for half an hour or more, yeah. then it, at least you get some way to 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 mimicking that, yeah. and it starts to cook from the bottom even as you're putting the top on. So back to the marinara then, it's just tomato sauce and anchovy and that's it. Pretty much, well, caper too sometimes. Oh, there's some caper. But, but it was, yeah, but you don't put cheese on because in, in, in Italy, in general, they don't put cheese on fish and that's yeah. that. That's true, but I can't, I, I yeah, find I pizzas, pizzas yeah. without cheese to me. Is, is like, it a pizza? Um, it yes. might call itself because <laughs> I like the you know the cheese the cheese pull thing that just yeah. makes fills my heart with joy. It does, it does. But I mean, actually, another of my favourite ones are the, is, is the is the ones that have that have lamb you know the ground lamb on them, which oh. is not which is nothing to do with Italian pizza. No, that's whatsoever. more like a la- lamb yeah. can, isn't it? It is more like, like that. But then you you know there, another of pizza places I quite often go is yard sale in Clapton ah. which is, and, and, and it is really lovely is that sourdough or is that by it the yard sourdough. oh no it's by the yard isn't it that's yeah. right but they, but they had them uh, they had a special last night when I was last there <laughs> oh god okay <laughs> eating a pizza the for press. my dinner yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it was oh it was so it was so delicious but they, they, they also put Giandula peppers yeah. you get on on top. That was such a good pizza. Yeah, and what about sourdough? Because that's quite. Because I think like um, Franco Manca yeah, and I think yeah. Peter Pilgrims both mm, do, do sourdough. So they because I, I mean that's one of the things that I really like is that that kind of bubbly and then um, crust. You know where it kind of bubbles up and it's a little bit scorched and then when you bite into it, it's really kind of. Mm. really chewy and you have to really mm. pull at it I absolutely love that yeah I love that too but it's too to make that at home yeah it's, 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 it's a three a three day operation yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it because yeah. I though I have um and I believe it's online I did an overnight pizza dough last year I think mm. do you remember it I it do. was it was quite insane mm. I I was even doubting myself when I was doing it because because <laughs> what you do is you throw everything in a bowl and mix it and then the next day you've got this this dough which is so wet that mm. you can barely move it around so you just have to kind of tip it onto your baking tray or pizza stone and push it around around, and then put the toppings on but it's amazing it works because something about the amount of um liquid and moisture in the dough makes it just puff right up like those like those ones we were just talking about yeah how do you feel about the the thick crust pizza 
I, I've got a, yeah, I like it. Yeah, you yeah, like a, a little, little place in my heart. For <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the deep, 80s, isn't it? That yeah. sort of yeah. deep fill, deep crust. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not, I'm not well, yeah. I did, we did a rest, we, we did a thing on Chicago. Um, oh, it was a couple of years ago. We did a travel thing on Chicago and I had to research the Chicago deep dish pizza. And that is quite, a, quite an, an amazing thing mm. because not only is the dough quite thick and bready, but they start with the cheese, then they put the toppings on, then the tomato sauce goes on top. Mm. So it's a kind of backwards. And you think, oh, this isn't going to work or it's going to be really weird. But um, it's actually really, really good. So mm. I think it's I think it's kind of got its place in there, you know. I mean, I think pizza is one of the, the reason why people have got such strong feelings about it is because it, it can lend itself to so many different, you know, preparations. Mm. And yet, you know, you can get bad pizza, but... You can always just get a slice of pizza down, you can't you? I mean, it's quite hard to. It's hard to resist pizza yeah. of, of almost any kind. I mean, if it's if it's if it's hot and it's straight out of the oven, yeah, regardless of where it comes from, yeah, like, yeah, you know? yeah. No, it's brilliant. I think I think that the the thing about it is, and it's like many of of these food trends, we only just started getting good Italian pizza. True. Or close to it. Yeah. In 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 the UK. Yeah. When we, immediately we, we were hit by a wave of. American new wave pizza, so it was like we didn't get used to the good Italian stuff first. It yeah. was just like it was like looking for a new trend before we'd really got there with the last one, mm. which I think is is kind of where the sort of irritation can, with with it can come in. Sometimes you know I feel like we're running before we can walk with these things. I think not, my, you know. I think all of my pizza crimes are things like mm. well I've got a few, I've got a few. Mm. Um, Chicken, don't put chicken yeah. anywhere near no, pizza. No, it just dries out. It's pointless. It, it, but yeah. it's just yeah. wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, in yeah. anyone's book, that's just wrong yeah. completely. Um, and then toppings, like I like, I liked, you know, like like the Italians. Mm. I want to keep it simple, but I also want if I'm if I'm having like salami or pepperoni on top of my pizza, I mm. want more than four bits of it. Yeah, you know, because yeah. we were talking about you know the the most depressing thing in the world is when your your pizza arrives and someone's being a bit tight with with the mozzarella yeah well and or, or with you know the, the bits on top if yeah, i'm only yeah. having cheese and pepperoni i want i want a decent amount of pepperoni yeah please. yeah <laughs> but i also went with with uh, with pepperoni it, i find it's much nicer when it's very thinly sliced oh, yeah if it's if it's quite thick wadges, but there's little coins of pepperoni. Well, even if they're big ones, they just slide off, don't yeah. they? And it's and what's what's the point in that? It's hours of fun chasing your pepperoni around. No, it's just it's just, it's just sort of trying to separate um, cheese coated pepperoni from your beard. In my <laughs> <Well>. case, <laughs> happens to us all. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know we've proved that pizza in all its forms is pretty good well it is yeah um, it's like it's like what uh, what the guy the professional said is, is when 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 uh, when one of them went is it good whiskey and he said there's no such thing as good whiskey all whiskey is good it's, it's a bit like it's a bit like that with pizza pretty much unless yeah. you put a hot dog in the crust that's bad yeah i <laughs> can i confess that in the name of research when the hot dog stuffed crust pizza came out right. i ordered one yeah. and what was it like it was horrible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was confirmed. And you know what? I've got some, I, I can eat some dirty food, but that was even a step too far for me. And I'm a big fan of the hot dog. Right. But that was too, that was crossing too many, yeah. you know, crossing the streams, <laughs> hot dog, pizza. Yeah. I think I had mustard in the topping, like oh, American wow. mustard. Yeah, it was, okay. it was out there. And it what was, about um, pizza bianchi? 
On white pizza, yeah. yeah. I love I love a white pizza. That's one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe with like ricotta and garlic spread over and then just broccoli on top. That's really lovely. Okay. I think that's a really light way. And that's a Roman thing, isn't it? Um, I think it is. Yeah. I think, I mean, they do... They, they do it, but they again they keep it very very simple. Yeah. So you know, I think they, in a, they serve it in big square ones, don't yeah. they? And they serve it uh, sort of by size, don't they? And weight. Yeah, I like think that. in Amer- I think if you took the Americans took that and and made it into Alfredo sauce, which is like a white sauce and clams and stuff. Mm. So well, I've I mean, tried the clam yeah. sauce at the at the um, at what's it called um, in Soho. It's uh, it's it. it New York fold. Oh yeah, you know. In my fold, yeah. and it was really delicious. Yeah. Actually, it was chopped clams with with parsley. Really lovely. That sounds oh, really yeah. Was it in a white sauce? Or was it, it was? In, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, mm. I think there's definitely a place for it, and it's yeah. a different way of eating it. You know, so and it, and it's it's super trendy as well. It is, yeah. yeah. But you know the do you know there's a thing called pizza effect, right? This is a re, this is a real sociological thing. Okay. Pizza effect. So lots of Italians, of course, went went to America and the Italians from uh, Naples took pizza with them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the the Italian restaurants where where people got pizza, they thought if they went on holiday to Italy, they would get pizza. So they went to parts of Italy where they didn't have pizza, Um, but started looking for it. So people started opening pizzerias in other parts of Italy (laughs) in order to be able to provide tourists with pizza. So now it seems when you go to Italy that, that you get pizza, pizza everywhere. And they no. do, but that's because of tourism. Oh. There you go. There you go. Pizza effect, a real thing. I, well, on that note, I think we should wrap mm. up that <laughs> slice of pizza, fold it up and eat it. Um, we've got loads of really great pizza recipes online, including my no-need overnight mad pizza. Go check it out. And a breakfast pizza. Oh, yeah. And from last year, the breakfast, <laughs> the breakfast pizza, pizza. The yeah. ultimate hangover cure. Go yeah. find that one. Thanks very much, guys. That was great. Thank okay. you. Thank you. If that didn't get your tummy rumbling, here's Janine with Hero Hirsch of Paxton and Whitfield on what cheeses to buy this Christmas. So today we're in um, Paxton and Whitfield in German Street. It's the oldest uh, cheese shop in London and I'm with Hero Hirsch, who is the manager here. Hello. Hi, Hero. Um, How long has it been here, the shop? Uh, Well, we've been in this particular building since 1896. Um, Before that, we were a little bit further up German Street and before that, we were just over the other side of Piccadilly, but we had to move when Regent Street was being built. It's, it's an amazing looking shop. It's actually like a palace of cheese. Uh, you've got beautiful, along one side, all the cheese is stacked up and displayed. And on the other side, fantastic cheese accessories, um, little knives, like fond- we've got fondue sets, cheese making kits, books. It really is a cheese lover's paradise. But I'm here today to talk about, um, well, che- seasonal cheese and cheese boards in our December issue. Um, we have a lovely uh, feature by Hero, and it's all about how to to put together a cheese board, what to drink with cheese, how to cut cheese. Um, it's just a brilliant guide to cheese. So um, first of all, I thought we'd talk about something that I'm quite fascinated with, which is um, the idea of cheese as a seasonal product, because I know people know about vegetables as seasonal, but not particularly cheeses. So could you just tell us a bit about that? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think cheese as a seasonal product, it is quite an important aspect. It's something that 
we've come away from with you know access to products all year round and it's something that I feel we're coming back to as with vegetables you know people are saying no I don't want strawberries in December anymore so I think it is important to to understand seasonality when you're putting together a cheese board I suppose one of the most classic sort of Christmas seasonal cheeses would be Stilton because Stilton is aged for about 15 or 16 weeks and so that means that the milk which is going into your Christmas Stilton comes from August so it's really really lovely rich creamy milk which is then preserved for 15 or 16 weeks and is absolutely perfect to eat at Christmas time and so that's why there's such a strong tradition associating Stilton with Christmas. I think something you said there is really interesting that I found which is that cheeses when when I imagine aged cheese I imagine it's sitting in a cave for like three years but that's not true is it? Well aging periods will be different for different styles of cheese so Stilton that's about sort of four month mark some of the cheddars we do are up to two years Uh, We have Parmigianos, which are two and a half years. Um, And then we have super fresh cheeses, which are about four weeks old. But I suppose that'd be like a fresh goat's cheese. Yeah, or one of these, uh, a sort of soft, bloomy rind cheese, like a brie style, is not going to be as aged as something which has lost a lot more moisture, those hard cheeses. So you've got some cheeses out for us today. Um, Yes, I I got carried away, (laughs) as usual. We've got two different cheese boards. Um, I was under the impression that you have to put out tons of different cheeses to make a cheese board but you you think it's better to keep it a bit simple I think simplicity is great if you've got masses and masses of people at a buffet then why not go mad but if it's for a cheese board for the end of a meal where there's maybe six of you I wouldn't go more than five cheeses ever ideally around three or four cheeses um Five cheeses, you can really encompass quite a few different styles, a few different milks and uh, different flavours. When you have less cheeses on your board, you can buy bigger chunks. And so it looks more generous and they keep better as well if you purchase... So rather than having tiny little slivers of cheese, just get get yourself a nice big chunk. That dry out really quickly, exactly. And and how do you combine the styles? Um, I would say if you're going for three cheeses, a hard... A soft and a blue is going to be the sort of classic combination. Then if you want to throw in a few more interesting things, maybe a goat or a sheep's milk cheese, perhaps something with a washed rind, so one of the sort of stinky, uh, um, sticky yeah, uh, soft ones cheeses. Yeah, going to take over your fridge. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Not to be taken on the tube. I've done it a few times. You've got to double bag them and then put them in it. Um, you have to, I mean, and if you're on a train, you put them in the overhead carriage and then you go and sit several metres away and deny all knowledge until I'm that person. Stuff. I'm that person that goes to Cornwall and pulls out a cool bag of cheeses and suddenly the uh, the whole carriage is there. Yeah, well, yeah. I'd, I'd like I, to think I've they're had, jealous, but I think they're just looking at me with hate. I've had eyes. some funny looks, which I assume are jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got two here. What we've got is this. Uh, we've got um, quite a traditional one. Is this one here? Or? I have picked so a five cheese board here, which is some interesting alternatives to classics. Oh, right, great! And then I've got a board of absolute classics. stone cold classics for Christmas. Great. Um, sh- let's start with the classics. Start with the classics. And, yeah, let's start with the classics. Up so here. I have selected a Stilton. Um, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without Stilton, so I believe it has to be there. And what I mean, there's so many Stiltons out there. What should people look for in a good Stilton? 
Well, or would it just be a case of tasting it? It would be a case of tasting it. I'd say make sure that you're purchasing something which has been cut from a block rather right. than something which has been sat in plastic for maybe um, the whole time it's been in transit and storage. So, yeah, fundamental first step. Go to a really good cheesemonger yeah. um, where they'll be cutting fresh to order. Yeah. Um, Ours is a Cropwell Bishop Stilton. This is a traditional rennet Stilton, mm. and it is hand-ladled. And so that means that they very delicately handled those curds during the make, which gives it a lovely breakdown and a lovely creamy consistency. I know, I was going to say, and it's actually any got... crumbliness yeah, to it. it's got a lovely kind of pale, creamy look to it as well. So that's, so that's the consistency. Yeah, a nice there. even appearance, no sort of... You, you can tell when you're looking at a very young piece of Stilton that it's got a sort of chalky consistency because yeah. it'll have white cloudy bits whereas okay. this is a lovely kind of even ivory colour. Right, looks great. And what about the flavour of that? What should we be looking for? In Stilton, a little bit of saltiness. You yeah. do want the salt to be sort of fairly apparent. Um, lovely creamy consistency. It should melt in the mouth. Yeah. Um, there shouldn't be any sour, yeah, sour kind of notes acidic. to it. That would Sometimes be... you get a little bit of acidity. Yeah, and so when the cheese is younger, That's there'll okay. be a little bit more yeah. acidity. So ideally you want a cheese which has gone past that point, which okay. is perfectly mature. Cool. Great. Um, next up we have a Comte. Um, Comte. Absolutely adore Comte. And in France, whereas in England, Stilton is the mm. Christmas cheese. In France, it's Comte. Uh, so that's why this is on the board. And this is your hard cheese for the. This is our hard cheese, yeah. exactly. Mm. So some people might want to put a cheddar there, yeah. but Comte is you know, very well associated yeah. with, with Christmas in France. Uh, this particular example is 28 months old and okay. so has a really, really full, nutty, fruity flavour to it, real depth of flavour. Um, and then this one, the Mont, um, I think uh, this is a kind of. King of cheese, isn't it? The Montdor? Yeah, and again, um, we were talking about seasonal cheeses. Yeah. So this is another example of a seasonal cheese. This is only available between October and March. Oh, wow. Um, we get our first ones in in October. It takes a little while for the flavour profile to build up during the season. And so November, December, they're at absolute peak. So, so that's that the tastiest the cheese is going to be all year is at Christmas. So w would it be the ones that get delivered around Christmas taste better or you just keep them and age them? And It's a combination oh, of okay. both. Okay. So, um, But as the season progresses, they do just become tastier. Okay. They ripen more easily. Whereas the first ones, they can be a little bit shy, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if people are familiar with this cheese, but you can't actually cut it. It comes in a kind of a wooden box and you just yeah, have to so you would leave it, it in that box that box is preventing it from escaping basically <laughs> and so mm. there's a lovely pinkish rind on the top yeah you just cut through the top of that rind and peel it back yeah and then you'll reveal a really super gooey liquid inside mm. which you just spoon out so it's kind of like ready-made cheese fondue it's, it's like a Cheese I haven't fondue. had breakfast yet, and I'm I'm having to restrain myself from just face planting that cheese right now. Um, well, you can also yeah. bake this cheese if you want. Oh, can to. you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I personally, I, I like it at room temperature. Yeah. It's already liquid, but you can bake it for a really, really indulgent oh, sort of uh, okay. starter for two, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I got a truffle brie. It's a, it's like a new classic, I suppose. Yeah. Brie is because brie's everyone. Yeah, brie de mo. Brie's like the friendly sort of. 
yep. trendy cheese. Yeah, it's a it's a good gateway can, cheese. Yeah, <laughs> camembert can be quite a bit out there, corner. Camembert people. is a little bit more on the sort of fruity, honky side. Honky side, yeah. Um, I think our truffle brie, we make this yeah. here in the shop actually. Do you? So we take an entire brie de mot, which is about three kilos, so about um, foot and a half diameter. Yeah. Then we'll cut that in half horizontally. Yeah. And then we mix a triple cream cheese called Briat Savaran with some minced truffles. Mix wow. that together and then spread that on the centre of the brie, yeah. like a like filling a cake, yeah. like making a Victoria sponge. Pop the lid back on and mature it for a day or two, and that will just infuse the whole brie. And what about the new style? Because we talked about classics. So what? what yeah. Sort of... So again, they're, they're similar styles of cheese. Uh, there's a few more of them on here. So the hard cheese, yeah. rather than going for Comté, I've gone for a cheddar style of cheese. This is a Barways, which okay. is a cheddar style which is made up in. Uh, Ayrshire by a lady called Trisha Bay. Oh, nice. Um, and it's got a lovely flavour to it. So it's matured for about 12, 14 months. Yeah. And it just has a really great tang to it. Yeah. Um, so that'd be our sort of hard cheddar y contingent. You've actually done a, a recipe for us in the magazine, which is a Barways savoury biscuit. Yeah, so, so it's in a biscuit. Yeah. event that you have some Barways left yeah. over. Because <laughs> you'll be snuffling that straight away. Okay. Um, they are super nice biscuits, yeah. though. Yeah. A little glass Great. of wine with the, with those. Yeah. Um, then the soft cheese contingent, rather than having a sort of brie style, yeah. I've gone for a British style of... It's a little bit like a camembert style. Okay. So it's a British cheese called Tunworth. Uh, oh, yeah, it's made yeah. in uh, Hampshire by a lady called Stacey Hedges, yeah. um, who we've been working with for several years. I absolutely adore Tunworth. And it does taste... I mean, it, it rivals camembert and all yeah. of the kind of great French soft cheeses. And it's an interesting thing that in the past few years there's been so many new cheesemakers appearing, haven't hasn't there? It's like yeah. a, it's like a new renaissance of cheesemaking. Absolutely a renaissance of cheesemaking in this country. Yeah. And um lots of exciting things happening and lots of people experimenting with reinventing kind of continental yeah. classics but also responding to market trends yeah. because in this country we don't quite have the same we do have a great history of cheesemaking, but we're not as attached to it. So if we want to make, if we demand as a market vegetarian rennet cheeses, yeah. then people will start producing them yeah. and, uh, you know, respond to, to what they see a need for. Yeah, that's great. And then what, what's the, is this on, on Montdor? Yeah, so this is our washed rind stinker. Okay. So this is a Welsh cheese called Golden Kenarth. Again, Ooh. in a little box for Absolutely. escape plans. Because um, that, that feels quite firm at the minute. Does that, does that warm up once you... Um, that one, it is fairly cold. I have just taken this one out of yeah. the fridge. Um, and age-wise, it could probably take another couple of weeks okay. before it's really really Stops oozing but it's not it's not going to be as liquid as right. a Montdor this one's much more it's similar texture to like a uh, the Tunworth or a yeah. Brie when it's ripe I've, I can see one here which I'm actually insane about which is right is that the Rachel, uh, the Rachel yeah because we tried that at a cheese taster and then everyone just went mad for it's it. a really so unusual one it's I think really people unusual. don't expect what it's going to because it looks rather innocuous, yeah. but it actually really packs a punch and it has a really beautiful, quite clean, goaty flavour. And the texture as well. It's yeah, really that sort of fudgy different. texture. Yeah. And again, looking at seasonal cheeses, goat's milk, not always available yeah. for fresh cheeses at Christmas. So again, you'd be looking at when that goat's milk was produced, which yeah. is in the summer, and how long it's aged for. So if you're going to have a goat's milk cheese on your Christmas board, yeah. a hard cheese will be made of milk from, oh, okay. from from the goat's milk right. season um yeah so that's another sort of example of a 
a seasonal for the Christmas board. That's a great one. And this blue is, is which one is this? This is the crozier blue. Oh, crozier so this blue. is an Irish blue. Um, it has a sort of well-known uh, cousin called Cashel Blue. It's the same producers. Oh, yeah. but That's this is quite popular, Cashel Blue, The Cashel it? Blue is very, very popular. And um, the Crozier Blue is a sheep's milk version of the Cashel Blue. Okay. So quite a different group of flavours to the Cashel. It really, really is quite an intense um, flavour. So it, it's, I suppose you could almost say it's a bit like an Irish version of a Roquefort. Okay. It has those yeah. kind of groups of flavours, really? sweet, salty, caramel, yeah. and the real piquancy from the blue. Yeah, and what um, is there? A, is there an order that you should be eating the cheeses in? So. Yeah, definitely. So I would always start with the, if you can, always start with the mildest. Yeah. You don't always know, but you can kind of kind of leave the blue, leave the blue, leave the, the blue till last. last. The stinky ones probably going to be, uh, be for later on. Yeah. Starting with the bloomy rinds, possibly the goat's cheeses. That's going to be quite a yeah. sort of clean flavour and then working up to the cheddars washed and blue and if we're drinking um something with cheese like obviously everybody knows cheese and pork but yeah. is there anything else that people could be um trying yeah i mean cheese works very well with all sorts of drinks i think if you're going to go for a single bottle of wine i'd probably go with a white rather than a oh, red really? okay it's unusual i mean i think white works better with cheese but people don't tend to drink that because as they go through the meal they'll be progressing they might start with the fizz have a white go for a red yeah. and as the wines get heavier and heavier they naturally would go to a port. What, what style of white would you go for um something fairly full-bodied something with a good bit of fruit content um perhaps a burgundy something like that maybe a, a yeah an unoaked chardonnay something that's going to stand up stand to up all to sorts it. of different yeah. cheeses but because there's no tannins in white wine oh, i see it's not going to chance yeah. of clashes yeah. uh, in in the matches if you're going to have one one drink for all cheese. I'd probably go with a with a white. That's really unusual. And and what about if you were going for a port style? I mean, would there be something else aside from port that you could? Um, yeah, I mean, a sweet wine is very nice. Also, oh, like a pudding wine as well. Yeah, yeah a pudding I can wine, imagine, something like a Sauterne or yeah. a Montbazier. I imagine a pudding wine would go really nicely with blue. Because yeah, in my head, those absolutely with blue. It's not quite as versatile as yeah. a dry wine. Um, there's some very nice sherries as well that you yeah. could go for, sort of Oloroso-style sherries oh, that yeah, work very nicely lovely. with lots of styles. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you could only eat one cheese, you can have only one for the rest of your life, which cheese would it be? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so difficult. It's And I'm asked it all the time. Um, well, I have two all answers. <laughs> one, I mean... Mm, it does change day to day what my favourite cheese is. We have a fantastic hard goat's cheese on the counter, which is often my favourite. But if it absolutely came down to one, yeah. it would probably be Stilton. Does really? that sound terribly boring? No, I There's think that's 150 great. different cheeses here, but Stilton is... It just shows that Stilton is a classic, beautiful yeah. British cheese, you know, and people should be out there buying. It's popular for a yeah. reason. It's so delicious. Yeah, so go, go and buy the best possible version of it. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for that, Hero. It was so interesting. Um, all of these cheeses are available online at Paxton and Whitfield. Um, come down to the shop. It is really a cave of amazing cheese. Um, thanks for today. That was great. No problem at all. Thank you. Thank you to Hero and Janine. And now here's myself and Charlotte, our web editor, discussing our favourite foodie ski trips. 
Okay, next up we have the lovely Charlotte, our web editor. Hello. Hello. Uh, we're talking about skiing today, yes. aren't we, Charlotte? Because yes. uh, it's the last week you can buy, um, or the last few days actually, you can buy our December issue, mm-hmm. which is that beautiful cover with the coffee rubbed T-bone steak on the front. Um, but in that issue and online, it will be from then on in uh, on olivemagazine.com. We've yep. got a great feature on ski resorts that you can stuff your face in. Yes, um, ski resorts for foodies. Yes. Uh, which is my kind of ski resort. Um, and we've both been lucky enough to go on some wonderful trips that we kind of wrote about for this feature. Yeah. Um, so, so let's hear about yours, okay. Charlotte. Where, where would you go um, out of these? Well, I must say that back in the day, all we ever really had, if we were lucky enough to go skiing, would be literally a bowl of chips in the Mars bar. Which, <laughs> Sounds like a good lunch to me. To be honest, at the time, me. I really look forward to that perhaps <laughs> more than anything else. But now it's it's... So different. Mm. It's definitely possible to eat really well and go skiing. Yeah. And of course, skiing, you work up a huge appetite. So yes. two go very well together. Um, and I went to Switzerland to a resort called called Arosa. Okay. Which isn't too far from summer. It's that famous mm-hmm. flashy Swiss resort. Yes. And um, I actually stayed at a hotel called the Tugen Grand. Looks beautiful from the photos. Yes, it's stunning. Well, actually, on, on arrival, it's quite... Um, it's got quite a brutalist exterior. It's, okay. It looks quite 70s, but but the, don't let that put you off because once you're inside, it opens up into what looks like a palace, essentially. It's very Great. <laughs> overwhelming. And um, one of the best things about it is that it's got its own ski lift. So instead of having to don't. trek, <laughs> isn't it amazing? That's wonderful. It's literally got its own ski lift. So you Great. For people who stay in the hotel only. Yeah. So instead of having to trek the mile to the... See the one that everyone usually goes to and wait in line. Don't have to queue with the great unwashed. You can just yeah, go straight from your hotel. It's incredible. I mean, it's, it's such a, a luxury, and I'm sure most people would never be fortunate fortunate enough to use one. But we would just stop up the mountain from ten minutes of having breakfast. Wonderful. So you can be the, one of the first people to go out. Uh, people to go on the yeah, Fantastic. and they've got their own toboggan run. I know we haven't talked about right. food yet, but <laughs> they do have their own toboggan run at the top of their personal lift, yeah. which is a personal toboggan run. I love this. So there's never anybody on it apart Great. from hotel guests. Yeah. Uh, it was just we went down it for seven times, I think. Great. And they, they'll give you the sleds as well Amazing. and a helmet if you want one. And it was just brilliant, but. Food-wise, it's, it's also a great place. It's, I think there was five restaurants within the hotel itself. Yeah. Arosa is a beautiful place to explore. They've got this lovely big lake, which um, I think they fish perch okay. from, which we had fish and chips there, and it was perch okay. um, as opposed to cod. Did you like that? It was very, um, it wasn't quite as chunky as cod, mm. but it's still sort of pearly white flesh. Great. Very fish and chips type fish. Great. Um, but at, within the Tugan, my favourite restaurant there is called Igloo Village. And I just like the name of that. It yeah, sounds great. Yeah, but it, it does what it says on the <laughs> They've literally built an igloo. Oh, okay. Uh, out the front and to so um, bring your thermals. Then, yeah, yeah. I, I wore everything. Oh, right. <laughs> your whole, gloves. your whole uh, did. Thermals, suitcase. They did tellers wear everything, but it was just the most unique experience. You go duck inside this igloo that that the um, staff built. <laughs> Very um, cool. And you sit um, and you have furs and things or blankets, I forget now. Sounds very James Bond. I quite like that. Yeah, it was. And it just, it's quite odd because you're all sitting there with every woolen you own on. (laughs) But they served local sausages and pickles. Um, The main thing there was fondue. Mm. 
of course. Yes. And um, they were very, they're very particular about their fondue. I made the mistake of asking if they ever had chocolate fondue. Oh, no. It's a strong no. <laughs> um, but somebody had to ask. Yeah. Uh, with with um, Alpen cheese and sometimes they put truffle in it or champagne wow. even. Yeah. Um, that that was fantastic. Uh, it was. I don't think I'll ever forget that. It was no. one of the most amazing restaurant experiences. Sounds very special. I've ever had. Fantastic. Yeah, nice. So how about you? Where did you go? I was very lucky last year. So I went to two uh, two little weekends in in the ski season. So um, the first one I went to was actually just a really good introduction back into skiing because I'd had a few years off yeah. and that was at Altabadia in Italy yeah. um it's in the Dolomite Mountains uh and it's kind of it's quite in terms of skiing it's quite gentle um you know you can do all I can do all the slopes <laughs> which uh, is a good is a good sign um and there's some something like 130 kilometers of slopes to explore wow. so you know you'll you'll be plenty entertained yes. with your skis on. Um, and you can do sort of Nordic walking and snowshoeing and tobogganing and things like that. Mm. Um, but I stayed in a hotel called Rosa Alpina and it had just been, it's a luxury hotel, yeah. absolutely beautiful. It had just been um, refurbished. Um, so that was just a really gorgeous space to stay yeah. from. Um, and again, you know, sort of uh, gorgeous furs and beautiful decor and a lovely spa down below. So yes. after you've been doing your day's worth of skiing, you could just go and sit in the sauna. It's a nice and, life, isn't it? I mean, yeah, if you can get... <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was pretty special. An expensive one, but a nice one. An expensive one, but actually, you know, if you're going to go somewhere like that, it's definitely worth it if you're a foodie and you might pay a little bit more for a hotel, but they do such good value uh, foodie experiences while you're there. So they have a annual festival called A Taste for Skiing, which combines um, hawk cuisine with local wine and then these just amazing views, obviously. Is that based in the hotel then? So this is all in, in the resort ah. of uh, Altabadia. So so, but the hotel takes part. Yeah. So there's um, something ridiculous like no other valley in the Alps boasts a higher concentration of Michelin-starred restaurants. Wow. And so all of these incredible chefs then team up and they create, you know, these um, Michelin-quality dishes, which they then serve at all of the huts around the slopes. Oh, that's incredible. And you pay something. Each of them costs like as little as five euros each. So you're eating food designed and cooked for by these incredible chefs. For five euros. It's the idea that you ski between the huts. Yeah, basically. Uh, <laughs> Which I fully took advantage of. Um, yeah, it was really, really special though, because you were trying sort of, um, because it's uh, of its area, you got, you've got influences from Italy and Germany, and it's called Ladan, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, which is kind of that unique to that area. Um, but you'd have sort of really delicate pasta, or then you'd have. Um, a suckling pig with marjoram or fine seafood and a really delicate sauce and that's oh, just not what you expect to no. be eating with your salad pets on that's a bit different um, from a mars bar and chips yeah it? yeah so that was really special and also for the first time last season they did a thing called sommelier on the slopes which um that sounds dangerous it is dangerous but <laughs> having uh had some slightly wilder ski trips in my youth uh when <laughs> you'd be doing jaeger bombs and things um which i wouldn't recommend obviously for anyone else but um to have some really fine wine and somebody explaining it to you and to learn about the wine of the region was mm. was great so you you know you drink responsibly from yes. hut to hut and the sommelier goes along with you yes. and you sort of have a tasting at each each hut as you go along I do remember they said that because of the altitude you can taste it better yeah you get all the aromas better it's slightly more intense so yeah it's um it's a really special thing and uh 
one of the things to kind of bear in mind, though, is that the Italians like sprightly fresh wines. So they're slightly younger than you might expect, nice. the wines. But, I mean, yeah, it's really, really good experience. I okay. definitely recommend that. And really good value, both of those. If you just have a look at altapadia.org, they can tell you all the... Um, the prices for those. So is um, that on over winter? Or? That's over the ski season, yeah. Oh, but right, the also whole season? The whole season, yeah. Uh, I think that goes on until, um, yeah, it's the whole season. But um, that resort as well does great, like, walking tours and stuff in the yeah. summer as well. So it's definitely one to check out. And okay. the Michelin-starred restaurants, yes. which is really good. At the other end of the scale, then in January last season, I went to Austria, which is not delicate food at all, <laughs> Charlotte. Um, that was when I kind of got my hip... Uh, growth <laughs> from all the rib sticking uh, food so I was having so I went to a, a resort called Grassal which is only an hour south of Salzburg which is actually perfect for then like a little quick ski weekend if you don't want to do a full week yeah um but that was sort of really pretty quintessential traditional skiing um yes. so I really really enjoyed that and we stayed at the Grassala Hof which is yeah, it's like a family house mm. and it's all of the staff dress up in these traditional Austrian outfits and they really look after you. It's a family-run hotel. So, yeah, you just feel like you're staying with someone. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really nice. So it's kind of chalet style but on a much grander scale. Yes. Um, but, yeah, we were having kind of all kinds of really fattening, warming foods. Lots of meats, I imagine. All the meats, yeah. We had, um, like, paprika-rich meat stews, then topped with fried eggs, and you have sort of sharp pickles on the side to cut through. Uh, I'm going to say it's wrong, but buttered spätzle. Spätzle. You know, those beautiful um, uh, what, I don't know, noodles, would you call them? But they're slightly shorter. It's where right. they push the um, batter through a colander and it drops into the water. So it's a bit like pasta, a bit noodly, a bit dumplingy. Mm. But there, it's a traditional Austrian dish, and okay. yeah, often coated in loads of butter. Um, <laughs> so they were really, really good. Uh, kept me very warm. Um, what else did we have? Oh, we ha- we went at one of the huts uh, up on the hillside. We had grilled sausage stuffed with cheese. Oh my god! Which was delicious. Um, <laughs> and we had kind of like a hash type thing with potato, onion, bacon, sausage, and fried egg. All the sauerkraut. Yes, um, I remember having. Um, there was a cafe well it was much more beautiful than what you think with mm. the word cafe mm-hmm. in the in the middle of the slopes where i went in switzerland and their speciality was rosties and you could oh. have it with they were giant they filled the plate and you could have it with all wonderful. manner of things wonderful mm. yeah that sounds good and instead of wine well we did drink lots of wine as well and that was normal normally the um Grüner Veltliner, is that how you say it? Oh, I don't know. I'm looking at you for help, but not, you can't help me. But it's a really floral, beautiful white wine. Um, mm-hmm. So we drank lots of that. But as we were going up the slopes, again, responsibly, and down the slopes, I should say, mm-hmm. we'd often have a little shot of schnapps. 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 And each of the huts makes their own. But the one we had most often was schnapps with a little ball of pear. And that was absolutely Ooh. delicious. That kept you warm as well. little ball of pear, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm not really. a massive schnapps fan, but that does sound... Yeah, I'm not sure how anyone could be because it is sort of eye-watering, isn't it? But it does something rather lovely to you when you're skiing. It just keeps you warm. Yes, Um, I I had some schnapps when I was in Copenhagen recently mm. and um, as part of their Christmas time meal, it's not actually what they have on Christmas Day, Mm. but in the days running up to it and they have schnapps throughout the meal. Good Lord. And that's just... I don't see it as a uh, pairing with food. I just see it as a swift... A bit of a challenge. Down in one, yeah. And then you're supposed to not... The lady said the 
key is don't bite it, as in you're not, it has to be down in one. <laughs> okay, so, there you go. I think it was a bit much for us <laughs> British people. Well, yeah, I'm always up for a challenge. Um, but yes, so th- they were my wonderful trips, but I do rather like the sound of yours and, and the ski lift direct from the hotel. Yes. The first time I ever went skiing, I hadn't had any lessons beforehand, but you had to ski to get to your ski lesson. Oh. So I... <laughs> didn't do that very well and just ended up kind of taking out lots of people and collapsing in a heap at the end of the slope so yeah I would have enjoyed the ski lift direct from the hotel um on that note if you want any more skiing tips or food related skiing tips you can head to olivemagazine.com and we've got all of these brilliant features in lots more detail haven't we yes and we've also got a feature um of our best foodie ski resorts from 2015 as well if, if you want more Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you very much, Charlotte. I am definitely got itchy ski feet, so I'll be booking my trip soon. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Happy cooking, happy eating. And remember, our bumper Christmas issue with a free recipe calendar is out on the 29th of November. So hurry to the shops now. And don't forget to let us know what you think and what you've been cooking by tweeting us, Facebooking or Instagramming at Olive Magazine. We always want to hear what you've been up to. Until next time. Ta-ra!